Hey, it's Mitch here with the full cut of an interview that was sampled on today's main podcast. Uh, I spoke with Remy He, who is a Brisbane actor. You might have known him from his days on Neighbours a few years ago, featured on ABC's Harrow series, uh, which is uh, still running, also shot in Brisbane, and has also done some international stuff on Marco Polo, a part of one of the biggest soon-to-be franchises in Crazy Rich Asians. And he also landed a role in Spider-Man Far From Home when it released back in July. So I had a quick chat to him about the home release of the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hello, Mitch. Hey, Remy, how you doing, man? Mate, I'm very well, thanks. Having me? Oh, no, not at all. I'm so excited to actually be talking to you from the movie because I remember when you got cast and I was right in the middle of watching Harrow and I'm like, holy shit, this, Get guy's, out of town. this guy's from Brisbane and he's in Spider Man. What the <laughs> hell does this like? How does that happen? Like, I know that you've done a lot of stuff and uh, international stuff and you're right in the back of Crazy Rich Asians, but I'm such a nerd yeah. at heart. So the idea that someone oh, from a hometown, similar age, you're in a Spider Man movie. Yeah. How did it happen? It happened so out of the blue and actors in Australia, we get sent for like a lot of American stuff and what you end up happening is you take yourself at home with a friend, you get them into like your living room and you know, you do your best and you send them out into the great beyond, into the big black void and you never hear back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with this one, I kind of heard back really, really quickly and I was like, oh my gosh, and so what do they want to do? Do they want a second tape? Do they want to direct me? Do I need to meet the director? Because mm. usually the studio will put you through all these hoops and um, the next day they were like, no, they want you to play the part wow. in the movie. And so a week later, uh, they, they, they flew me out to London. And so, yeah, it was like I put the tape in on the Monday and the next Monday I was at Heathrow and jetting up to the studio. Holy crap. And did I read to yeah. I, I, I feel like I heard you say or read you say that you actually didn't even know, like you said you got a role, but you didn't <laughs> actually know what that role was until you yeah. get there. It, it was terrifying <laughs> um, because Marvel is so um, tight with their security and they didn't want to give any secrets out. They said, like, unfortunately, we can't let you know what character we want you to play. And by the way, that audition, that, that script that we gave you, that was all fake. So is so, it a fake script or is it a, is it a page from the first film or just completely for the audition no, it process? Was, it, it was completely fake. It was <sighs> it was made up, yeah. Is, um, there, is there part of that script that you got excited about when you read it going, oh, well, if this was part of the character, this is something, this, this, this is exciting, this is pointing me in this direction, what, what I might be playing? what? I remember reading it and just going, this isn't for Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> like, what are they doing here? This doesn't make any sense. So it was it was a it was a complete red herring, and yeah. So they, they the basic the rules were: look, you have to say yes or no, of course, and then then, then that's done. But yeah. um, if you do say yes, then we fly to London, and when you get here, we can take you into producer's office and we'll lock the door, <laughs> and then we'll reveal everything to you then. And what was I going to do? I had you know I, I had to say yes. And you got to say yes. That giant, yeah, you have to say yes. Take the giant leap of faith. <laughs> Shout out to the Spider Verse there. Yeah, um, take the leap of faith and uh, and see what happens next. And my God, like, I'm so glad I did. It's, it's been an absolute life-changing experience yeah. for me. Well, you've got to be happy with the role you got, I imagine, because you are in the film a lot, and it's not like you're just sort yeah. of there in the background. You were there constantly, and you having direct dealings with Peter Parker himself throughout the entire film. Like, it's, it must be a, a, yeah. a dream role when you have no idea that that's what you got. <laughs> exactly. It kind of almost just fell into my lap like that. Look, John John Watts and, um, and Eric Carroll, one of our creative producers, they had spent a long time like figuring out what they were going to do with this second movie. And the character of Brad Davis came about from a little bit of their own personal experiences going through um, like high school and university. And they wanted to create the char- this character that you just like love to hate. They, yep. they, they, they had this guy in their lives. They like loved to hate him because he was just too good at everything. And he got the girl they wanted or, you know, whatever it was like that. And 
that was the sort of the origin story of Brad Davis. And then um, we actually collaborated a lot with how that tension was going to work and how playful the love triangle would be. And like, there's a moment in the movie where um, I flip off Tom Holland, I, where I um, give you know, the finger to Peter Parker yeah. in, in a Park Opera House. And that came out of like a little moment of improvisation when I was talking to Tom. I'm like, what should we do here? Like, how much do we hate each other? Like, is this a moment like, yeah, yeah, give me the finger. Give me... And then he was throwing the finger back to me and we just like had this whole battle. <laughs> yeah. it, it, none of that made it into the film. But yeah, we got me giving him the finger. And, you know, so it was, it was collaborative and it was a lot of fun. I know that we are talking about the home release of the movie. I would love to see that as some kind of outtake, just you and Tom in a flip off off, <laughs> just going for five minutes, just getting more and more creative, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like he'd give me the finger, then I'd sit down, get back up, give him the finger, he'd, he'd be walking away, then turn around and run back, give me another one. No, it was it was genius. But um, the deleted scenes, I think, on, on the Blu-ray, I think there's like an hour of, of extra wow. content on there. Um, I mean, we also had some comedic geniuses like Martin Starr and J.P. Smooth played our teachers yeah. and they could probably do like a director's cut just from the teacher's point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they, they were kind of, they were so funny that they couldn't stop filming them, um, just making up their, their own script. It was great. It seems like, obviously, on top of the role, you got to travel and you're with a bunch of what were strangers, I guess, before you go. It was, is it kind of like yeah. a Kentucky trip wrapped in a Spider-Man film? It absolutely was. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. They, they were strangers to, to begin with for me, and obviously they'd, they'd created um, um, an incredibly um, amazing world in Spider-Man Homecoming. And, um, you know, I was a little bit nervous walking into it as a new guy. You never know how, um, how it's going to be, but everyone was just so open and welcoming and took me right on board. And, and so we didn't skip the beat, and we just, like, jumped in and had the most fun making the movie. And then we were in London for three months, and then we um, got flown out to Prague. And so we had an amazing time in Prague and we were shooting in the city and the countryside. And then we were off to Venice and we filmed in Venice in you know, one of the most logistically yeah. uh, nightmarish places to try and film a movie. But um, we got it done and, and it looks so great. It does, I think yeah. that's, you know, that's one of the things that people really um, love about the movie is how um, amazing the locations are. And, and it's real, you know, this isn't on a green screen studio. This is all real we were there and doing it well you're right it's like a superhero movie but by way of james bond with the amount of traveling you get to go in exotic locations yeah. i don't think we've seen that in any other superhero movie ever it's also contained it's, in the it's one funny city to say james bond we actually had this running joke so john watts um had our sound team make him like a buzzer button and it hit it so when, whenever we had finished a, a scene and got the right take it smashed the buzzer and it would play the born identity theme song <laughs> because so it, cool. yeah it, it happened some way halfway through europe where we were looking at um all the footage we made and it was like this kind of looks like a spy movie, yeah, like, a James, yeah. like a James Bond or Jason Bourne film. And like, what's so? What's next for you when you look at that? And you got Neighbours, and then you got Spider Man, and then everything else in between with Crazy Rich Asians and Marco Polo and all that. Like, what's what's next? You got such a varied resume already. Yeah, well, that, that's right. Look, um, we're in the process of adapting uh, Kevin Kwan's second and third books in the Crazy Rich Asians trilogy, yeah. and um, we've got producers scouting for locations across Asia, and we're slated to shoot both of those movies back to back which is going to be great. So that's going to happen next year. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm keeping a foot in Australia. I'd love to work here more because I think we have some of the best crews in the world. And, um, you know, it's really exciting to tell stories that are, are, are closer to home and really mean something to you. And I'd love to do that. And at the same time, you know, you've also got exciting things happening overseas. So there's like an indie film that um, might be going over to um, shoot in America in the next coming weeks. And yeah, just like, you know, you, you always want to keep options up in the air. So 
yeah, it's pretty exciting. And I trust, like you said, the secrecy around these Marvel contracts. I, I trust that mm. once you sign on for one, there's the option of more. Do we do we get to see you as part of that returning uh, class <laughs> group in, in, in another film? Hey, look, never say never. I, I'd love to see that. Um, you know, it's, it's all in the hands of uh, John Watts and the creative team at Marvel, whether or not Brad Davis gets to have his redemption arc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so many of Spider-Man's foes have personal ties to Peter Parker, considering you were the guy trying to steal his girlfriend. I mean, what exactly. villain would you like to see Brad Davis turn into if he was going to turn that hatred on Peter into a full-on war with Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... How far can you go? Because unfortunately, Brad Davis doesn't have any superpowers. Like, as much oh, as we try. can he'd, give you some of those. He'd, yeah, he'd have to go down the technology route, wouldn't he? Kind of like a hobgoblin thing, where, yeah. he, where he like constructs himself as maybe, yeah, maybe he throws himself into science and um, and creates himself like like a kind of a suit or something, and then then he can take on Spider Man. <laughs> the Ash, Kip and Lutz, the Ash, Kip and Lutz, Susie O'Neill podcast.